first we started with your background, like how you get educated, how you became a Chinese medicine doctor, and what else do we talk about? Well, we talk about some interesting cases, like mm-hmm. how, what do, what have we seen, and you know, also my the philosophy of my practice. And I think you know, I spend a lot more time talking about my philosophy than yes. the cases. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I think that's cu- so crucial. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, we also talk about you know my philosophy of uh, food and relationship mm-hmm. with food or. Uh, or the health condition and also my you know I gave everybody a little tip about mm-hmm. how to be healthy Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover underrepresented and personal stories. Join me with a cup of chai That's and take right. a listen. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start. Okay. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. My name is Ping Robert, and welcome back to the show. Um, I feature immigrant stories, international students, or all sorts of kind of minoritized issues. So if you have a good guest, you can kind of refer to me. But if you're listening, please do make sure that you follow and subscribe. It's free. And then when you follow and subscribe and like my channel, that is just a little support that you will show me on my back end. I can see the statistics and I know that you're listening. And today uh, we have a Chinese medicine doctor and she has already been on my Mandarin side of the channel. And today we're just going to make this episode in English because... Um, she practices here in Colorado, and we would like to reach out to more of the general public and talk about alternative um, health resources in Colorado. Let's welcome Dr. Wang. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm. Uh, this is Dr. Cixin Wang from uh, Lakewood, Colorado, and I'm happy to spend the, a beautiful Saturday morning with Ping, and you know, kind of spread the word. Uh, uh, you know, kind of provide my knowledge in Chinese medicine and, you know, hopefully it can help people. Before we dive, dive into, you know, alternative medicine, Dr. Wang, I would like to have you share a little bit about your background and why you choose to focus or what you, you choose to focus on in the medicine field. Ah, I see. I'm very happy to. So my background, I all I know you know, since I was 18, I, the only thing I know is Chinese medicine. I started my Chinese medicine study uh, when I was 18 as a uh, mentee, uh, like a student in Chinese medicine, a follower mentor. And ever since then, even though my, my degree, uh, my college degree was not in Chinese medicine, but from being following uh, a mentor and study, you know, side by side with him, it the, the experience was valuable, so valuable, because you get to know like the, the detail, the philosophy, uh, the medicine, and you get to know how to treat a patient, you know, from the get-go. So instead, you know, dive into medical school like other people. I think I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones because you learn more this way. You learn how to be a doctor from day one instead of how to study from day one. And after graduating from uh, college in Taiwan, I kind of feel like, well, this is the way I want to go. Uh, it's not easy. And I, I have to be honest because I feel my test uh, going to medical school once and I feel like, oh, that's just too much. And then, you know, luckily I was offered scholarship to study in China. And so I went to the uh, traditional Chinese medicine uh, university in the uh, in Shenyang, the traditional Chinese medicine university of Liaoning province, and which they focus a lot on the traditional classic Chinese medicine. And, you know, it's a, it, it was also a very good, very interesting and good experience because that's like a, you know, formal medical school training. You get to study because in China, you have to study both medicine and then pick one later. So I was also immersed in the Western medicine study and, and, and as well as Chinese medicine study. So from there, I, you know, like I said, all I know is Chinese medicine since, eight, since I was 18. And I, I found that my passion is starting to grow more and more with women's health. Because women, 
I want to start with a clinic, you know, clinic, a small mm-hmm. clinic. Right now, it's still pretty small because I, I only have two acupuncturists and uh, you know one admin work, and that's it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a very big clinic. But my my goal is to you know it's to provide a place for the students, uh, whether it's Chinese medicine or Western medicine medical school student that is interesting in Chinese medicine to be able to come and study yeah. and do research. And also provide a place to, you know, kind of like a school research center. And also hopefully one day that we can have our own uh, manufacturing of Chinese medicine in the future so that we can get the best quality of herbs. Yeah. Okay. Was it easy when you first started? Because as I shifted (laughs) into, you know, a corporate world into self-employing. and I, I know firsthand I was a tutor, so that it was so, not so easy to find students. Even I have the skills, like you, you have the skills. How did you find or reach out to the patients? Well, I have to say, you know, being an entrepreneur is really not that easy. Not easy at all, because I was making, uh, you know, regarding of, uh, you know, uh, financial, from the financial standpoint, that I was making about four times more when I was working for Kaiser. And right now, I mean, of course, right now things are changing into for the good, but it was so hard to, st- to start, you know, a practice because all I did was just Google how to start a clinic and I got like tons of information. I have to set up uh, a business entity. I have to set up a bank account. I had to uh, start, uh, you know, spread the word out and because nobody knows about me. And, you know, from there, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not what I, because this is not what they say, because they say, if you build it, if you build it, they will come. And it's like, mm, the first six months, nobody comes in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people, people will stop by and say, oh, so you are what? And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, this is a Chinese medicine uh, acupuncture clinic. So, oh, so what is acupuncture? <laughs> and because yeah. I had that expectation that at least a lot of people would, or or a good handful of people would know, but no. And uh, but you know, but the, the the fun part of being an entrepreneur and clinician is that you are taking different challenges. It's kind of like a different part of the brain is working. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I really enjoyed it. Not that not that it was fun. It was more of uh, like, oh, I don't know that I'm able to do this. <laughs> and 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 that ch- when I when I really take on the challenge and then pass it, it's like, oh, so I am actually not that dumb. <laughs> so I'm able to take the challenge and and. And conquer it. So I think that's the fun part of it, and it really exercises different part of a brain. I know, like especially from being a practitioner or a doctor, like mm-hmm. you can only focus on uh, medicine practices mm-hmm. and all that. But like later, as you just mentioned, becoming an entrepreneur, you need to have a business mind. You need to know, uh, you know, how to promote or how to manage the whole clinic. I'm curious to know um, because the backdrop of Colorado is the Asian population is only 3%, even till 2021. So are there any common doubts or myths about Eastern medicine or Chinese medicine here? Actually, you know, the, the, the misconception or misconception or uh, the doubts are, you know, universal. It's not just from Asians or oh, Caucasian or Latino or because or uh, uh, black uh, black community. Actually, I have all those. I have Asian patients, Latino patients, um, Caucasian patient, and uh, patients from black community. They, you know, it's very easy. It's very common to have doubts, and it's very easy to have doubts because when when it's a Western medicine dominating society, then of course, anything that is not in the norm of Western medicine, and, and, you know, it, you kind of, kind of, kind of like, uh, I'm not quite sure what it is. And should I try it? Uh, how do I, how do I know it works? So it's very common. And I, I see that uh, also as a challenge as well, because it's my job to educate the, the community and say, okay, this is what Chinese medicine is about. Uh, it's not crystal healing. 
And not that, you know, I have anything to say with the crystal healing, but it is different, right? It is, <laughs> it is different from it. So yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure it works in different part of a body or a different way. Yeah. And, or th- this is not Ayurvedic medicine. Although we have common, you know, we ha- have things in common. This is not homeopathy. Although there are some philosophy that we, we can, we can communicate with each other, yeah. but Chinese medicine is Chinese medicine. So mm-hmm. it's, it's different. And, uh, uh, or the, the uniqueness is still there. So it's my job to educate the, the public, the community, uh, big or small, and to spread the word. Like what is what is Chinese medicine? And I enjoy that. And, and, you know, I didn't really think about it. I didn't enjoy it as much before as a clinician. I was more like, oh, I need to do another educational series. Oh. You know, I need to do some uh, like PSA, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, that's just, part, you know, one extra job. But as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. this is actually good. It feels good because I can pick the topic I like, not assign the topic. I can talk about it the way I want it. I want to talk about because mm-hmm. I have my own philosophy in Chinese medicine, just like even Western medicine doctor, even though there's a lot of conformity in Western mm-hmm. medicine. But their their style, their philosophy would be different. So because of that, it's like, okay, if you're doing things for yourself, it makes it's like you put you put the passion in it, you put the enthusiasm in it. And it's it's not tiring, it's it's fun. So so yeah, even if there's doubt, it's okay, just bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just well, I'll take the challenge. <laughs> I can definitely hear that that passion in you, Dr. Wang, about you know, sharing the good information and educating the public. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put it out there. If listeners you're interested to find Dr. Wang and her clinic, you can find it on uh, Facebook. So you can search Eastern Wellness Denver and you can find her page. And she also has a website. It's www.easternwellnessclorado.com. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is. And, and the location is uh, in Lakewood. So Yes, yeah. it's in Lakewood. Mm-hmm. If you happen and, to be in Colorado. Right. <laughs> and uh, even if you're uh, somewhere else in Colorado other than Lakewood mm-hmm. and it's not accessible, I also offer telehealth. So if you have the health need and definitely, yeah. you know, just reach out to us. We offer free consultation, you know, before yeah. you make any decision to book any, any appointment. You know, we offer 15 minutes consultation so that you get to know me and my practice a little better. That's so awesome. I think one of the, the, the good thing about COVID is to help us to explore different options for health and for whatever online. And so... Cool. Following on, I I do have some questions around like how did you help um, women or your patients specifically? You can give us some examples about like how you treat them and what are their common issues and and how did that turn out? Mm-hmm. So uh, lately, especially after COVID, uh, you know most of ninety nine ninety nine point nine percent of my patients are women because I focus on women's health. Uh, however, women's health is such a big range of health issue. It could be from hormonal imbalance or um, infertility, uh, like your hormone imbalance, you can have endometriosis, PCOS, uh, or, uh, you know, like a oligomenorrhea or, uh, or uh, menstrual migraine, uh, PMS, to uh, sleep disorder, anxiety, uh, uh, you know, or autoimmune. So it's actually a wide range of health issues that we treat regarding of a woman. However, since pandemic, I seen a lot more of an emotional disorder, uh, like anxiety and depression and sleep, a sleep issue. Like I have trouble falling asleep and, or staying asleep, things like this. And, you know, even with pain, the pain in women is very different. The way that we treat pain in women is very different than pain in uh, our male friends, you know, male patients. So things, it's, I, I see more connection in women's health. Like every health issue is not isolated in women's health uh, more than in other community, other group. And so one of it is, you know, like right now, the, the very big thing is sleep. Like, oh, the sleep quality, 
the sleep duration, the, the initiations of sleep and the mainness of the sleep. So it like, and, and we all know that, you know, COVID time or the pandemic time is just not, it's just one extra layer of the, the regular um, stress and, uh, you know, things that we need to do. So, however, I see this pandemic um, as a chance to really reflect on our health, not just not not just sit there and say, oh, my goodness, this is scary. What should we do? There's nothing we can do. We just have to wait. We have to be passively just sit in at home and wait until we pass. I don't think it's a it's a good attitude to to deal with this situation because you know for every challenge that we take on in our life whether it's from external or internal it's also it's also a very good time to reflect ourselves like oh so actually we should be you know we should we should take a more uh, proactive role in uh, make sure that we sleep enough, we are eating healthy, we are eating clean, we are getting enough sunshine, we're getting enough exercise every day. So that if it really hit us, we can we can get through it a lot faster without any damage. And I see that and I see that in my practice. I see that, you know, uh, you know, it's almost night and day. You know, people really are conscious about their health when they do. Unfortunately, if they do get COVID, they are not hit as 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 bad, and versus uh, you know some patient that they are just not they're it they are not as conscious about their health when the COVID hit it's a lot worse. So we have a choice, you know, in a, in a time like this, that do do we want to choose to be healthy, or do we want to choose to be not healthy, and so from. I think this is this is my philosophy in practice. Whether it's for sleep, whether it's for uh, anxiety or hormonal imbalance or pain, it doesn't matter. It's like whenever a patient comes in, I always want to ask, "What do you want to choose?" And of course, most most of them would choose, "I want to be healthy." But how? Now is the how? That's the that's the real question that we need to ask. How? Because we feel that, oh, a lot of times we feel that, oh, I'm doing enough to get healthy. Why am I still feeling this way? Well, then we have to come back and, and ask and ask ourselves and examine ourselves, what is missing? Because we're, we're human. We don't know everything. That's why you need a professional to step in and say, hey, what is missing? Let's trace back. Let's look back on our lifestyle, uh, our relationship, our way of treating ourselves and treating others around us. Do we dedicate too much time in at work? Do we do we just uh, feel that okay we we can miss a meal and it will be okay, or do we want to just sit around and watch TV all day and just exercise for ten minutes in a day and feel that it's enough? So everybody needs a little different, and I think the beauty of Chinese medicine is that because everybody's need is different. And this is embedded in the philosophy of Chinese medicine. So we have, we, like customization is a big thing in Chinese medicine. Not everybody, you and I, we would, you know, we, we would need different formula, even though we could, um, we could get common call, but we will need different treatment, different nutrients, um, different herbs, even though we, both of us are getting the same strain of, you know, bacterial virus for common cold. So, yeah. So, yeah, I always want to look at what is this patient mm-hmm. is missing in, yeah. in her life. First. Can, mm-hmm. can you share an example? Like, so I, I think, I believe that many patients will come to you and thinking mm-hmm. they probably have this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure that after your examination and consulting sessions, then you probably find something else right. from what they they uh from they what they knew so mm-hmm. is there any example that you can share with us oh like- that is it's very interesting because one of a patient's image just pop up on my mind and i have so many of these but this one is is one of the most impressive one so this patient a middle-aged woman came in with urine urgency so that that kind of urine urgency was like if she took a sip of water she has to use the restroom in five minutes. 
And the doctor said, well, it's pelvic float, you know, uh, tension. So she went through gynecology's uh, pelvic floor special specialist. So go through and even take medication to kind of help her to hold the urine. Nothing really helps. However, when she came in, I told her that this is actually anxiety. Of course, you know, legally I cannot, I cannot just, I cannot straightly diagnose because it has to go through the doctor. And one of the, one of the diagnoses she got from doctor was anxiety, but nobody really, well, she, she was put on, you know, the, you know, medication to help with it, but it didn't work. So I did tell her that this is actually anxiety. And I did go back and, and look at what is causing the anxiety because she said that it got so much worse last year. And that is like a bell starting to ding. It just went ding. So I started to dig in and, and ask her, so what what last, what happened? What actually happened last year? So after COVID, she was not able to sleep. She was so afraid to get sick and uh, she would not leave home. And she didn't exercise because it's kind of like she was just afraid to touch everything and she could not even eat. And so it's like one thing after another. So the patient started with, you know, anxiety and then she's starting to deplete it with the nutrient. And then she'd been sitting around in Chinese medicine, we call it like a chi and blood stagnation because it's just not moving. The energy is not moving smoothly. And then one thing leads to another, the function starting to get impacted. And it just happened to be that it's the, you know, the urinary uh, function that is that's impacted. So she was, it was just horrible because her quality of life was just so terrible. But I believe that if it weren't for, uh, you know, she got to the point and that her quality of life is just so bad and she happened to have somebody refer her to me, she would not even leave the house. She will probably wear, she, she was telling me that actually she had to wear a diaper all day just to prevent that the, the leakage. And I was like, okay, so that's, let's take a look. So you're afraid of uh, getting COVID. So how about that start with uh, boosting your immunity? Because that's, you know, if you have a strong immunity, then you don't have to worry about it. And, but it, you know, the treatment is actually not focusing on, because she, at that point, what she is not going to believe is just anxiety because she went through rounds of doctor. And so she has that kind of doubt. I'm like, okay, so how about that's just boost the immunity? So the boosting immunity is actually helping her to sleep better because she couldn't sleep. So by acupuncture, a lot of time, the first, just the first few treatment, a lot of time the patient can, can immediately feel that uh, the quality of sleep starting to improve. And that's where we started. So like I said, everybody's a little different. You really need to find what the patient needs. But by sleeping better, she's starting to feel like, oh, so I'm not tired. I'm not feeling kind of weak or cold all the time. And then we can go from there and then and then treating her anxiety. And then by from there, she start, the, the urgency is starting to get less and less until about th four weeks out of the treatment, she was like, huh, I don't think I need to come anymore. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to come anymore because right now you're being, you're doing fine. Cause she could sit there and say, well, Dr. Wong, I'm kind of thirsty. Can I have a cup of water? And then she will start drinking the water. And I, and uh, about 30 minutes, I asked her, do you need to use the bathroom? And she's like, wait a minute, I, I don't need to. So it's amazing that, you know, she had that kind of result and I'm happy for her. So, yeah. So uh, like I said, everybody's a little different, but uh, in Chinese medicine, it's always focusing on the flow of energy, the flow of qi and blood, uh, the tonifying of the function or uh, reduce the excessive waste. That's like a big four big principle of Chinese medicine. Fascinating. Wow. Yeah, that, that was what I was asking because I felt mm -hmm. like in China, I grew up in that kind of um, culture, having mm -hmm. a Chinese medicine is quite common in Taiwan, but I just felt like coming here to the U.S., um, a lot of people kind of just uh, go for a supplement when there's a problem or go for a doctor and ask for a medicine and kind of just hoping taking a pill will, will get everything away. 
Um, but like from what you're sharing is like in Chinese medicine, we kind of go around the issue to see if there's any, any root causes. And I think that's so important because would you consider your practice more holistic in a way? Yeah, I, w- I would say so because we're not just looking into what the problem is, mm-hmm. like just simply urine urgency or back yeah. pain or a painful uh, menstruation. Mm-hmm. We also look at you know the emotion, yeah, uh, the relationship of this patient and her community, and also the relationship of this patient and herself, or them, you know, or themselves. So it's it's. I would say it's holistic because it's not just one one thing or one one problem. Everything co- is connected. We have the mindset that everything is connected, so we have to kind of look around and even look back what happened in the past. Before the interview, you we were we were talking about you know having different foods in the U.S. is different from like where we're we from, from Taiwan or from China or from Asia, and you mentioned um, the nutrients in the food. Is not as much as before, and mm. actually, I've seen a documentary on Netflix on they compare the food right now. The nutrients is not as much as like maybe a hundred years ago. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course, I'm not an agricultural expert, so mm. uh, I can only share with my limited knowledge about sure. that. So, there are a lot of. Uh, health condition, I would not even call it illness, but health condition that um, that I would say attribute to the deficiency of micronutrient. I think that macronutrient, meaning that the, the nutrient that produce calorie, it's quite abundant because you can increase the, uh, the starchy content of a, of a corn or wheat uh, or, um, or the increased protein content in, in beans, it's very easily done. However, micronutrient has to come from the soil and it's not very easy to replenish it. And in America, it, it, thanks to the refrigeration system and transportation, we get to eat different food. However, I think it's not, uh, I think the agricultural, the center of the agricultural, the philosophy of agricultural practice here is focusing on macronutrient not micronutrient. So the the new the nutrient level of what we eat right now, especially in fresh fruit and vegetable, is really a lot less. And because it's kind of like a double-edged sword, because we have refrigeration system. So people will just uh, buy the grocery, which has been stored in the in the store for weeks before they get sold out. And then when we put it in the refrigerator, we're like, okay, we we'll just leave it and forget it. So it could be sitting there for a whole week. Nobody, you know, really touch it. And then, but every minute that it was, you know, the fruit and vegetable was plucked from the, you know, from from the soil, it, the nutrient it gets depleting, especially micronutrient. So it's like the freshness is really incomparable because, you know, both of us are from Taiwan, right? You and I are from Taiwan. It's such a small island. So a lot of time we like to, and it's kind of in our culture as well. Like we we would like to eat fresh, Uh, but here it's like, okay, the fresh, it seems like it's, you know, it's really not that comparable, but Taiwan is also a a volcanic island. So with a volcanic island, you got more micronutrients, just like Hawaii. So the fruit and vegetable, even if it's the same thing, it tastes a lot different in Hawaii. Would you agree? Right. So, yeah. So it's like, yeah. So here, but people are so used to fruit and vegetable not being Mm. fresh, though. They can, I don't think a lot of people can tell the difference unless they are are used to eating farm fresh, you know, vegetable Mm, so mm. yeah so that's what i'm concerned because we can eat lots of calorie yet we are depleted with micronutrient yeah and that can lead to a lot of health condition which might not be illness yet but it could very likely could is there any common uh, issues that women will encounter because they live here in colorado and and probably it's because of the food they eat or climate they're in say even like as as simple as anxiety uh-huh. because of a magnesium is deficient in in the soil in Colorado oh. and uh, also like uh, uh, 
oh, we have copper, but we don't have a lot of zinc here because it's inland. So like the, the fatigue, the chronic fatigue could be lead to the zinc deficiency and um, like acne. So things mm. like that. So it's very interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of, yeah. you know, the magnesium can really stabilize our nerve health so mm. that we're not always anxious and nervous all the time. Yeah. Uh, and zinc, it's like a coenzyme for a lot of function in our body. So yeah, so just simply as that, you know, even zinc can help stabilize the blood sugar. So as simple as that, uh-huh. it's like, yeah, yet, you know, whatever we grow here is kind of, deficient in the micronutrient yeah and mm-hmm. you also mentioned about the meats with the fat mm-hmm. is different i think you know because if you compare and this is not uh i i have to say this is from my observation as living almost a decade here in america oh. is that first of all the the portion of a meat is a lot uh, a lot larger than what we used to in Asia, back in Asia, would you agree? So it's like people are more meat-eating, uh, yes. it's a more meat-eating culture mm. than Asian. Not that I'm saying that it's bad. However, I think they're, you know, the content, the fatty, uh, the, the fattiness of the meat does make a difference because I just see that the meat here uh, even with a farm race, and I cannot speak for every farm because I only order from one farm, so I cannot speak for every farm. But even the farm race uh, me still seems to be fattier than what we used to in Asia. So th- just by the 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 fat content, it's concerning because fat. Of course, we need fat in our diet. However, too much of it can lead to a lot of issue. You know, not to mention high cholesterol, and it can also uh, disrupt our the balance in of the hormonal balance in the, in our system, so that's what I'm concerned because the lean the lean part of the meat is important, but the fatty part is important. So how do we get the good fat and in just enough, not too much, to keep uh, keep us healthy but not cause a problem? Can I ask an extra question? Because sure, nowadays sure, sure. a lot of people are talking about sugar is worse than fat mm-hmm. what what do you think about sugar intake well in a way i agree with that because sugar because fat if you it's like a, a if you have enough fat it actually sends a, a signal to our brain and, and and tell us okay we need to stop eating because we're quite full it's actually very fulfilling so it's very hard to eat a pound of fat except in fried food if it, you have the uh, the batter that absorbs all fat that that's a different story. However, it's very hard to eat a pound of uh, a pound of butter, right? It's kind of disgusting because human beings are not built that way. We process sugar a lot easier because our brain needs glucose, needs sugar to process, you know, to maintain the, the the function of it. So we are designed to crave for sugar, but it's very easy to you know because it's it's water soluble, so it's very easy to drink a gallon of sugar if we are not paying attention. Would you agree? So it's like, okay, one soda here, one soda here, one soda here. And then throughout the day, you have a, a close to 200 grams of sugar. Mm. Probably not a pound of sugar, but like yeah. 200, 300 grams of sugar. But if yes. you feel that, you know, is, is, is it that easy to eat about 500, 500 grams or 300 grams of fat? Like mm. even, you know, to, counting in spoonful, it's like a lot. So. Yeah. It's very easy to, sugar consumption is a lot easier to achieve. However, because it's so accessible, it's, and it's so satisfying and addicting. It is more dangerous because we, we can overconsume it um, without knowing that we're doing things that is bad for our health. And sugar, of course, you know, nowadays we're talking about inflammation, we're talking about um, uh, metabolism. So I would say, if it's not complex sugar, it's very bad for you. Uh, so that's why I was I would uh, I would suggest that if we can avoid, especially sugar in the drink, will be the best, and and be conscious about it because it's just so easy for us to overconsume much sugar. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so what you're saying is like complex sugar is better than pure sugar. What than simple sugar? white sugar that kind of thing right like white sugar uh mm-hmm. simple carbs 
okay. like or sweet uh, drinks sweet drinks something. yeah got mm-hmm. it right oh okay that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah cool so we talked about issues or your practice your background and are there any tips from a Chinese medicine doctor that you can give us for yeah. self-care? And all? Yes, of course. One of the thing is actually sugar, sugar related. I think one of the tips I like to give all my, my patients or audience is that keep your blood sugar stable. That's tip number one. Doesn't matter if you have diabetes or you're prone to diabetes. Doesn't matter if even if you don't have diabetes, keep your blood sugar stable. What does that mean? Or how do we do it? First of all, we need we need to kind of examine ourselves or ask ourselves, how do we react when we take too much sugar? Because everybody has, unless you're really, really like 100% self-conscious, health conscious. Otherwise, it's it, you, you're going to have that experience if you have too much sugar. What does your body does? Or what, what is your body t- trying to tell you? Like for me, I was starting to feel really tired. And, and heavy when I have too much sugar. And when, when, and I'm talking about more than 25 grams a day. And so if I'm eating a lot of like more than 25 a day, grams of, of sugar a day, I'll start feeling really heavy. And everybody's a little different. Like my son can be very jumpy. But for me, I feel like, oh, I'm just so tired and I, I'm, I will feel sluggish. So I was starting to examine, okay, what did I do that day? to make me feel that way. So first start with examine yourself and then kind of take a note, like how how do you react with sugar? Some people are not as sensitive, but I'm pretty sensitive. So that's that's what I would suggest people to, to kind of take the note first. How, how do you react with sugar? And then second, so is skipping meal a good idea? I know that intermittent fasting is, is pretty hot right now. And I am a uh, you know, semi-proponent for that. However, there are some people that is like, if their blood sugar hasn't been stable, intermittent fasting can get make it even worse. So, and of course, it's a big topic. So we, we might be able to talk about that later. But if we are skimping meal and then you starting to feel like, okay, why am I getting hungry and starting to have hypoglycemic, uh, you, know, you know, feeling, then that would not be a good idea. And then your blood sugar dropped too low. And then a lot of time that when our blood sugar drops too low, what we usually do is uh, pick up some chips, uh, some uh, high sugar content food, and then start yes. eating it. And then the oh. blood sugar is starting to spike again. So it's like a big no-no if your blood yeah. sugar goes like, you know, it's riding on the roller coaster. Yes. It's very bad because your body would, would be starving. So your, your body will constantly, or your cell will be constantly either starve or too much. Starve or too full. Yeah. It's not a good way for health. It actually leads to inflammation. Mm-hmm. Because once your body would have that ability to take sugar in, it was very effectively t- converted into fat. And that's not something we like. So keep the blood sugar stable is one of the you know most important tips I will give everybody, whether or not you have diabetes. Does it include like carbs? Because right now, also, there's a trend of eating less carbs, you know, keto diet, whatever diet is like carbs low, lower to the point that we can get. Mm, I I am a little more conservative on that. I mean, I try keto diet myself and I didn't find that very uh, sustaining. Uh, I, also, I have doctor friends that try keto diet and it works well with them. Like for me, I do find that the, you know, 25% or even lower uh, carb content in my daily daily meal, it's not sustaining because I, I start to feel depressed and uh, I have really strong body odor and actually I was dehydrated. So it's not, it, it doesn't, I, it just like all the diet doesn't work for everybody. So that's why I am not a big proponent for keto diet. However, because carb is so accessible and easy to get, I would say still, if we are not low carb, we need to watch the sugar content because every, a little bit here and there adds up. And when it adds up, it's like unconsciously adds up and you don't know how much you take in. So I would say if, again, if it's a complex carb, like brown rice, uh, a whole wheat flour, or a mixture of, 
like usually if I'm a I'm a Taiwanese, so I eat rice, but I don't eat just white rice. I will mix with sprouted rice, uh, quinoa, or any other um, grain, just to mm. make it not as make it as complex as possible instead of Got just it. being yeah simple sugar. Ah, okay. Would you recommend anything to eat or drink or avoid eat and drink? I would say if you can avoid coffee, uh, it might be a good idea. Like anything caffeine, it might be a good idea. A lot of, a lot of my patients. I mean, however, guilty as charged. I am a coffee drinker, although not very heavy. But okay. I, I like the aroma. So, yeah. but I'm very conscious about, you know, just strictly drink black coffee. Mm-hmm. And I don't drink coffee to make myself wake up, because it's very it can be very easily overlooked of of my uh, state of sleep. Like did I, so I feel tired, and if I rely coffee to wake myself up, it's very easy to really look back and say, okay, do I sleep well? What what caused the fatigue? And uh, so I, you know, it's kind of like a vicious cycle. If you don't look at this, the 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 uh, the sleep hygiene. And you rely on coffee, it's like yeah. Then then you know the same problem will get repeated again and again and again. So I would say if kind of like wine, coffee. I I would treat coffee like wine. We only drink it on occasion, but I don't rely on it to help me uh, wake up, uh, to help me uh, keep you know keep me alert in the daytime. I don't do that. Yeah. So that's something I. I would recommend it, it. It is just so interesting because I I heard so many things about coffee, but you know a lot of people like me working, studying, or whatever. We're so busy,、mm-hmm. and I don't wake up with coffee, but like、mm-hmm. a lot of Americans do.、Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say to them? Like, how can I actually、um, stay awake? <laughs> because how we need to look at okay. First of all, if you don't sleep well, of course you can stay away. You're not gonna feel energetic in the daytime. Yeah. And the second, if we sit all day and not really adapt any, you know, like even just simple exercise, taking five minutes walk, ten minutes walk outside and get some fresh air, we're not gonna have enough oxygen in our brain, and then we're gonna feel sleepy, right? So there are so many things. Like usually, my first thing in the morning is to practice my thirty minutes yoga. Uh, in to help me stay, you know, just just to wake myself up. However, I think the first thing I this is actually one of the tip I also want to share with everybody is that the first thing you do when you wake up is actually have a a glass of water, because after a long night's sleep, you have all the waste that's not going anywhere. You need to activate your digestive system. You need to activate your urinary. You know those waste system, right? How do we do that? Just put some water in, lubricate it, and that a lot of time it can you can start feeling wake up. You know, starting to wake up, and then after my exercise, if I feel like、hey, it's a good day to have coffee, then I'll wait and after、um, like breakfast. I don't I don't do it the first thing in the morning, or even、uh, you know have a little coffee、uh, with my coworker.、Um, you know, for lunch. That's it. But I don't. I don't drink coffee in the afternoon. I don't drink coffee、uh, to wake myself up, especially if you,、uh, you know, after a good night's sleep, you, your blood sugar is supposed to be low. Having coffee can dehydrate you, and then the blood sugar can be even lower. And then, if we're not careful, we'll eat a lot of high sugar content, and then the the blood sugar spikes again. It's just not、wow. a good way to be healthy. <laughs> I know. I I I think I'm getting the logic behind your practice now.、Mm-hmm. It's instead of curing one specific thing, we need to look around to see what is causing us not to wake up fully, or why are we always tired? And instead of you know boosting ourselves with tea and coffee,、mm-hmm. um, it's is to. Yeah, like maybe exercise, walk around between work, and you know having enough micronutrients. That's just just like what you said. Yes. Uh huh.、Oh. Yeah, and that's also, you know, the when I select my own herbs,、mm-hmm. that's what I look at as well. Sometimes I'll、uh, not sometimes, but I'll I'll do a lab test and then see what the micronutrient content in the herbs as well. And then, you know, I only use the one that passed it. So it's like a 
you know, lifestyle change and nu- nutrition is also part of a big part of my my practice as well. Is there anything that we don't eat enough and that you would recommend? Happiness. <laughs> A lot of people, a lot of people feel, they feel, and I see this over and over again, poor or wealthy. It's like Uh they eat because they feel that it's something needs to be done. We should be happy when we eat. Don't you feel that it's, it's, isn't that what they're supposed to do? Yeah. It's like, I think happiness is like when you should be happy when you eat, we should be grateful about the food that's brought on the table. Yes, it might, you know, it might not be, you know, I did. I did have my thoughts on the nutrition, nutritious state of the food, but that doesn't mean they're, you know, it, it doesn't just pop out of from the thin air. It it it's uh, you know farmers put their effort, sweat, and tear into that that vegetable and and grains and meat into that so that we can eat it. So I think I myself, what I practice is that when I eat, I'm just very grateful of whatever that is brought in front of me and enjoy it because every minute I can eat with my family is the most precious time. So yeah. So is there something that we don't eat enough? I think just (laughs) happiness. (laughs) That's awesome. Like I am totally having a shift in mind and it's a whole different mindset. I think about health and alternative medicine. And I mean, from my question, you probably also know that I have that kind of conventional thought about, you know, what we should eat, what should we not eat. But I think what you mentioned just now in the whole episode is about uh, an, an attitude mm-hmm. of towards our health and also like to eat with a grateful heart. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Before we end, is there anything else you would like to add? Well, uh, I would I would like to wish everybody, uh, well, this is uh, a, I don't know when this is going to be aired, but I wish everybody that a happy new year because we just have our Lula new year. And so in this new year, we are going to be healthier and wealthier because if you don't have health, you don't have wealth. And that's the bit that that's the biggest wish I want to give everybody. Awesome. It will be aired next month in March. Well, it's not not that far from (laughs) from New Year. (laughs) I know. And so listeners, I'm going to tell you again, if you want to find Dr. Wan um, or her clinic, you can search on Facebook at Eastern Wellness Denver, or you can go online, www.easternwellnesscolorado.com. So that's the website. And how is there any way else? that they should find you with? Well, like if said. they want to call me, okay, uh, they can reach me at 720-651-8088. That's the, our office number. And you can call us to schedule a, a consultation. However, just to that, everybody know that I don't, uh, if you call and I usually don't do consultation right away because I do need to know a little bit more about what everybody's need is yeah. so that I can provide, you know, some suggestion got it so make appointments yes uh uh-huh and thank you for coming to the show thank you so much for having me here Thanks for listening to Try With Pain. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me a chai with small gifts. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time! Music